when Greg and I bought our first home, HGTV wasn't really a thing. Or if it was, it was definitely not like it is today. And Pinterest, that was invitation only. And I wasn't entirely sure why people would be using a platform like Pinterest. I didn't really understand it. It wasn't really a thing. It wasn't an inspiration outlet. And HGTV wasn't an inspirational outlet. There were magazines. There were things like that. There there were pieces here and there that you could get decorating ideas from, but not like today. It wasn't at your fingertips. It wasn't when you clicked on TV. Do you know where we got our inspiration? From the people we spent time with. Imagine that. (laughs) I remember going to my friend's homes, and I've mentioned these two ladies before, but their homes were, and still are, absolutely lovely, and so very much them. And they always looked, well, A, clean. (laughs) Yay! Don't you love a clean house? I always tell Greg, I love it when my, I love it when my cleaner shows up. Okay, by the way, cleaner is me, so I love it when she shows up. I love a clean house. I just don't really like doing it. I do it. I just don't really love it. So I love it. But my friend's homes always looked clean. They always looked tidy. They always were warm and welcoming. Of course, that is more than just the home. That is also the personality of the hostess. But they always looked put together. And I wasn't entirely sure how to put my home together. Everything was new. It was way bigger than our 1,000 maybe not even 1,000, maybe 800 square foot apartment. I don't even remember how big it was. But we moved from a teeny tiny duplex to a home, a three bedroom home with a basement. And we didn't have space for, well, we had space for furniture. We didn't have budget for furniture. We lived in bare rooms for quite a while. But as we were starting to make decisions and move forward with our design, I wondered, how do I put this space together? How do I make it look put together? And the word for that in design terms is cohesive. How do you make it look like it is all one seamless style instead of the choppiness from one room to another, to another, to another? How do you make it look like it is one design plan? That's what we're talking about today in today's episode. How do we make our room look cohesive, look put together, so that your home, in essence, feels a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more cozy? Because those two things go hand in hand. Your home can feel comfortable and cozy when the look is not so jarring visually. So stick around, enjoy today's show, and grab a notebook because you're going to want to take notes. All right, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, 
where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Creating a cohesive looking home can happen whether you have a nautical style, whether you are uber modern, or maybe you are farmhouse chic. Maybe you're still shabby chic. Maybe you are Scandinavian. Whatever your style is, your generalized or your personal style, creating a cohesive looking home happens with these five things. So make sure you have that notebook, make sure you have that pen, and let's dive in with number one. The first thing that you can do to create a cohesive looking home is to start with an intentional color palette. Yep, you've heard me say it before. Starting with a color palette, not just one color, but a color palette will help you carry that whole vision and that whole color palette throughout the space of your home. And it literally is as easy as creating a formula. If you think about choosing three colors, maybe four colors that you want to have represented in your home, start with the foundation. What color do you want your walls to be? And not only just the walls, but what color do you want the dominant color to be? Sometimes that color carries over to furniture as well. And you want that to appear in open concept areas about 60% of the time. About. Maybe it's 70. Maybe it's 55. It's a generalized idea, but you want it to appear most often. And then you choose your primary accent color. What color do you want that to be? This can be bright, it can be bold, it can be faded, it can be muted, it can be whatever color you want it to be, but maybe that would be the primary accent and that would show up about 20 to 30% of the time. And then you have a secondary accent, maybe you have a tertiary accent. Continuing to create this this formula around the accent colors and, and how much of it you want it to appear in your space really boils down to starting with 100 choosing your foundation color, letting that be more than 50%, and then going from there. You have about 40% of color left. How do you want it to be? How do you how do you want that palette to be represented? Do you want two colors in your home? Great. 60% foundation color, 40% primary accent. Do you want 70% foundation color? You have 30% left. Do you want those accent colors to be equally measured? each, you have three accent colors. 15% each, you have two accent colors. You get the idea. Now, the general rule of thumb is that you use that color palette throughout the entire open concept area. If hallways flow seamlessly into rooms where there are no doors that are shutting, you're going to use that color palette. The other generalized rule is that you don't have to have the foundation color be the same in each room. So let's say, for example, you have a dining nook. It doesn't have doors to shut, so it's not living all by itself in its own design microcosm, but you can still flow seamlessly into that room. If your foundation color, let's say, is grayish, but you have part of your palette being navy and we'll say pink. So grayish, navy, and pink is your color palette. You could, if you wanted to, in that dining nook, not paint it the grayish like you did with the rest of the foundation. You could choose to paint it pink. You could choose to paint it navy. Whatever the other accent colors are in your color palette, you could choose to paint a a room, a wall, one of those. And then you just flip-flop. So in that room, in that little nook, it becomes the foundation color. And then you use what was the foundation color as the accent. 
Are you following me? So it doesn't matter necessarily where you are having these colors, if they are the main foundation in one little room or area or not, or if they are the foundation in the entire thing, as long as you are having the same colors from your color palette represented throughout, you are going to be golden. Now, right here is where I want to say this. Sometimes when I am giving a little bit of guidance or tricks or tips over the podcast, I know that sometimes there can be a breakdown. Sometimes you might need a visual. That felt a little bit weighty, what I just said. It felt a little bit like head scratching. What is she talking about? I can't quite visualize it. And you don't necessarily want to go back and repeat it three times. So here's what I want you to do instead. I want you to come and join us in our Facebook community. Come and join us. Ask me questions. I will be happy to show you a picture when you do that. I'm going to link below how you can join that Facebook community. We are always engaging. We want you to come and join us. But ask away, ask in there. That is where we are having these follow-up conversations where we are learning just a little bit more based on what we're learning here. The second thing that you can do to create a cohesive looking home is extend that color palette that you just created and now make sure that it is represented within decor pieces throughout your home. For example, rugs, curtains, picture frames, vases, pillows, throw blankets, you got the picture. So if my color palette is grayish, navy blue, and pink, and I am now in my living room and my foundation walls are grayish, I want to make sure I see navies and pinks. And maybe I have my navy being my primary accent color and it's represented about 30% of the time. I might have a navy velvet couch. Wouldn't that be pretty? I might not have a navy velvet couch, but maybe I have a light foundation rug and there's navy all over it. Maybe I have a white couch and I have all kinds of navy and white and pink pillows. Maybe I have a pink throw blanket. The idea here is what you have created with your with your color palette is going to now be represented within the other areas of your home in terms of decor items. Does that mean that you can't have any other colors? No, it actually doesn't mean that. But you do need to be careful because you don't necessarily want to have an outlier. And that's what number three is. You want to be mindful of the outliers. I call them bullies. You might have a bully in your home and bullies bring down your home because these are items, decor items, or maybe even sometimes wall colors. If you have like one um, accent wall, these are our decor elements that command and demand attention in a negative way. So let's say we go back to that color palette and we have grayish, we have blue, we have pink. And let's say in one nook of my home, I think it's a great idea to have a green striped wall. Let's just say that. But I don't have green anywhere else in my home. That green striped wall is going to be a bully. It's going to be an outlier. It doesn't make sense. It would fit that game of which one is not like the other really, really well. It would it would be really obvious. But sometimes identifying a bully, identifying an outlier isn't as obvious as that. So here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to stand in each section of your home. This is after you've created that color palette. And after you've gone through to make sure, do I have blue represented and pink? And do I have grayish too? Yes, I do. After you have done that, you're going to go into each section of your home where you can see from one vantage point to another, and you're just going to scan the room. 
do you see anything that kind of sticks out to you? If that is your color palette, do you see an orange vase? Even though that orange vase is something that you've loved and have kept for years and years and years, that orange vase might be an outlier. And here's where we come to number four, remediating the outliers. After you've played that game of I Spy where you're standing in different vantage points and you have identified different outliers, different bullies in the space, how do you combat that? Does that mean you have to get rid of absolutely everything? Not necessarily. You can remediate it by removing it completely. And that means donating it, blessing it with someone who might need it, or you can put it in in a different room, in a room where you have closed doors, where maybe that is its own separate design habitat, where there is a separate color palette, where it makes sense, where orange would make sense. But going back to the remediation, you can remove the item or you can add repetition. So if orange makes sense with that color palette and you wanted a little bit more orange, you would need to repeat orange somewhere else within that same sight line at least two more times. So you want to have that represented at least three times. So if I'm standing in my dining room looking into my living room and I see that orange vase staring at me and it is screaming, hi, I'm a bully, I'm an outlier, you could remove it or bring something else in two more times into that room in order to make it make sense, in order to make it fit right. Now, would orange necessarily go with a navy blue, grayish, and pink color palette? Probably not. But what if that orange instead of orange was a fuchsia? Would that go? Probably. And that fuchsia could even be an outlier if it is a bold enough pattern and it's just kind of popping in a way that nothing else in the room does. Even though it is a shade of pink, that can still be a bully. So you do want to be mindful of that. But remediation doesn't always mean removal. Sometimes it just means bringing another piece or two in in order for it to play nicely with what's happening in the room. And when I say bring a piece or two in, I don't necessarily mean the exact same design element. Let's say if it was that vase or let's say it was a picture frame or a book, it doesn't necessarily need to be the exact same item. It just needs to be an item where that color was represented. We'll say in the case of the orange vase, we need to bring something else orange into the space. All right, which leads me to Number five, the fifth thing that you can do in order to create a cohesive looking home is to make sure you have repeated design elements. Similar to the example where I just gave where the repeated design element was the color, the color orange or the color fuchsia, color would be a design element. The other things you might think about are metals. What metals do you have represented throughout your home? What are the lamp stands? What are the curtain rods? What are the door handles? What are the metals that are on the kitchen hardware? Do you have curtain rods that one is wood and one is black matte metal? Okay, that's a design element that is not repeated. Other design elements to look out for for repetition would be wood tones, patterns, the tone of light. Is it warm light or is it cool light? Textures, natural materials like jute or wicker, rattan. But then we can break it down even further. So those are the large category of design elements. But let's just play devil's advocate for a second. If you have one artwork 
in your living room, we'll say, where's the repeated element that goes with it? Is it a color? Or is it another artwork? Or is it that the artwork is plant a plant? And do you have a live plant somewhere within the room? Do you see how each of these design elements can have it's like an onion, right? Each one has a layer. So you are thinking about these broad ideas of general terms, color and texture and metal and wood tone. Those are all very broad, but then you can get even more specific. And the nuance of that specificity is how cohesiveness happens within your space. So let's do another example. If you have wallpaper in your room, I'm actually right now staring at my black wallpaper in my office that has some sage greens, kind of dusty blues, a little bit of tans, uh, some creams. And on there, there's foliage, there are peacocks. If that is your wallpaper and it's in your room, where are the repeated elements to that? Some of the things I might try to pull, pull out would be the colors. My black desk, my dusty blue lamp, I would see, is there a bouquet of flowers or could there be? Yep, there is in a black vase. So there's another repeated element. I'm going even further. I have some wall hangings. I have a frame that is gold framed with ornate detailing and the texture around it looks circular, which mimics the circular, circular nature of the flowers on the wallpaper. That gold frame is a repeated color of some of the veining on the leaves on the gold on the wallpaper. I have some other gold things throughout the room. I have baskets that have um, square. It's like a, it's a, a metal basket, but the the tines are square. And I also have some wall hangings that are magnet boards, and they are dusty blue, but they have a grid, kind of like the tines of the basket, that are again, rectangular. So I have shapes repeating throughout the room. I have foliage repeating throughout the room. I have color repeating throughout the room. I have a lot of design elements that are repeating throughout the room. Another thing that I'm, I'm noticing right now is the lamp that I have. We've already mentioned that it's a repeating color, that dusty blue color, but it is a pottery style lamp and it has some striping that was molded in there in the just the shape of the lamp it's not painted stripe it is just the shape the curvature of the lamp and that striping is repeated through the veining of the leaves so you can see how when you really pull back the layers of repetition and you are paying attention to these design elements in the broader sense like color texture metal wood things like that and then the more um, specific sense, you can create a more nuanced, more cohesive looking design. All right, that was a lot to digest. So I'm going to repeat these five things that you can do in order to create a cohesive looking home. And I encourage you to ask questions along the way. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. So come and join our Facebook community to ask those questions, share your picture and ask away. Be brave. We want to help. All right, so these are the five, these are the recap. The first thing is to create a cohesive color palette. The second thing is to use those colors that you just created in that color palette in 
decor choices in design elements that you're bringing in. Vases, lamps, pillows, rugs, things like that. The third thing is to look for the outlier. Play the, the famous kiddo game I Spy, standing in each vantage point throughout your room, looking outward and seeing if you notice anything that just kind of pops out. We can remediate that by removing it or repeating it. The fourth thing was just that, to remediate the outlier. And the fifth thing is to start by repeating generalized design elements, the broader terms, the metals, the colors, the shapes, the wood tones, and then go more specific. Pull it one layer further and see if you can't be more specific with the elements you're repeating. Kind of like the curvature of the lamp and the stripes that the curvature creates and the repeated stripes that are on the leaves and the veining in the wallpaper. I hope that was helpful for you as you are on the journey of creating a cohesive looking home for you and your family. All right, until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.